Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 10th of July 2011, entitled The Mind of Christ, and the Bible reading is taken from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's Brother Lars Hawkland. Well, um, we've only been driving around for about half an hour, so it's not really too bad. Um, really glad that we made it. We were determined not to give up. Um, and we're so glad that we made it. It's good to be able to be here with you today. And uh, I can give you a little bit update on the work, how we're doing in Norway. Of course, I've been off ill lately. So uh, right now we have a, a low period, you can say. And there's something strange about Norway. I don't know why, but as soon as summer sets in, because the, the kids, they leave school mm, just before the 23rd of June, because uh, that's the, it's St. John's Day, and that's the Norwegian Bonfire Day, and school is normally out before that, shortly before that. And uh, as soon as holiday starts, people, take a holiday from being Christians. It's really strange, but uh, when we moved back to Norway five years ago, we traveled from church to church, and they were all closed for the summer. And I thought, that is really strange, because we used to be a- able to go to church any Sunday in the year. You know, it's just totally unheard of. But... Um, uh, we, of course, now when we're not there, there's no Sunday school going on right this minute. And also, I have had uh, some health problems of late. Uh, but uh, other than that, we're staying faithful, and some people come and some people go. And uh, we see that when we have something special, then uh, people come along. Uh, we're planning on now, after the summer holidays, I got myself a new job, praise the Lord. And... Uh, I've got to work out what I'm working so I can fit in. Because normally at this time, when I come home from holiday, I sit down and I plan Sunday school and family meetings and the, uh, the camp for the teenagers. And all this I plan uh, with Bible studies as well. And uh, I normally plan it all the way up to Christmas. But now because I've got a new job and I have to work a little bit at weekends, I, I need to see if I can work late or early now uh, if we have sunday school we have that 11 o'clock in the morning uh, but if i have to work early i could always have a family meeting which means we'll be having it at three o'clock in the afternoon that's what we've been doing so far uh, it's a great way to try to get some of the parents of the kids to come and uh, it's normally been a very nice and relaxed atmosphere at the family meetings because we we uh, put the tables up and uh, we have some cake and we have some waffles or whatever you know we have at that time and plenty of coffee maybe a little bit of tea but it's not many that drinks tea so (laughs) so it's mostly squash and coffee uh, that they get but then something to nibble on so we have like a a normal service really we start with singing and um, we do is always try to do a few specials because we had a lady say that, if you're singing, I'm coming. Uh, okay, if that's what it takes, then I'll, I'll sing. Okay. Um, but um, 
Uh, after we had a, a message and sung some songs, and it's normally been just a, a short hour, just maybe just under an hour, then we sit there for another hour or so, and we drink coffee and we chat and we have just a really good time. So we don't do that, of course, every Sunday or every second Sunday, but, you know, just, uh, just once in a while. But if you do it too often, then the people don't want to come. It's too dangerous to go to church too often, you know. <laughs> it might affect you in some, some way. And also we see that uh, church is, and Sunday school is not prioritized in Norway. Anything that's going on, they go to that before they go to Sunday school. So sometimes, you know, it's happened that we come up to th- Sunday school and suddenly there's nobody there. Okay, who's got a birthday? You know, uh, what kind of a party is going on? Or, you know, what's, what's doing, what they're doing now? And there normally is a reason, you know. They, uh, it's a very small community. Uh, in all of this island of Oske that we live on, there's 23,000 people. And uh, because they're kind of dotted around in small societies all over the island, uh, well, like, apart from the south, it's getting pretty, pretty big now. Uh, but, you know, if something goes on, then normally everybody goes. That's what happened um, like 15 years ago uh, when I had um, drop-in for teenagers there. Uh, that was something totally new. And basically, all the teenagers that were there came because there was nothing else going on. And, you know, uh, numbers go up and down. But at the end of the day, we just have to be faithful. You know, the Lord will reward it. But I do have an idea that I would like to uh, test out. Um, I've got to plan it properly first. I would like to try to do an English-speaking service and see how many comes, because there are quite a, a big number of Americans and British living on the island. And I'm sure that some of these misses the opportunity of going to hear the, the Bible being preached in their own language. So I just thought, you know, I'll try it, um, see how it works, and if it works fine, then maybe continue with that. I know my my family would enjoy that because they find it easier to listen to a sermon in, in, Norwegian, uh, in Norwegian, in English, rather than in Norwegian. So there you go. We're going to um, try to see if we can manage to do that. Uh, in uh, November, end of November last year, uh, I was taken ill. been doing Sunday school and family meetings and that all up to then. But what happened was that we had, we had financial difficulties. We had difficulties at work because we had a new boss that uh, was just stepping on everybody, uh, breaking the law. And I was the people's representative and had to go and tell her a few times that she'd broken the law and she had to better herself. And there were also many other things that was going on, you know, a few health problems and, and different things. And that just meant I, I just... I hit rock bottom, I must say. Uh, of course, I didn't lose my faith in any way. But uh, physically, I was not able to work. Um, I was not able to work, and uh, it was so bad that uh, the doctor said that uh, he recommended that I got some happy pills from him. Um, but things got better, and in, uh, in February, 
I was so well that I started going back to work. So I started first uh, working one day uh, for about two, two, three weeks. Then I opted to two days a week, you know, and did that for a few weeks. And I was just starting to do three days a week. And then I got ill again. And I realized that uh, I had the same problem as Carol. Carol was refused to go back to work by her doctor. We worked at the same place. And uh, basically, the work environment was so bad that it makes people sick, makes people ill. She was not allowed to return, and she had to resign. Um, I had some more time because I hadn't been away on the sick as, as long. Uh, but... Uh, I replied for a few jobs and um, Tuesday last week. Uh, I hadn't been here very long. Then uh, they called me and said that uh, you have applied for a job here by us, but uh, you're actually overqualified for the job. But we have another job if you would like it. I said, yes, please. You know, anything to get out of where I was at the time, this time and place, because it's, uh, it's hard when you get uh, ill from going to work. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like the half of the people working there doesn't enjoy being there. And uh, <clears throat> I just praise the Lord that uh, things are working out. So now we're trying to forget everything that's been this uh, last year or so has been really hard. Um, but we're looking forward to the end of this uh, summer when we're going to do our back-to-school Sunday. And uh, as soon as I know my work schedule, I'm going to work out the Sunday school. and I'm going to work out uh, Bible studies and family meetings. And we're going to uh, get back into it there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, I appreciate uh, you being faithful and supporting us. And we appreciate that you... Uh, supported not only with money but with prayers I mean I just sneaked in here and I, I heard you pray brother and uh, I don't think you realized that we had come in but uh, you know it's, it's good sometimes to be the fly on the wall and actually hear people praying for you you know we pray for you guys too you know we need to pray for each other because we're all in the same business we're trying to to bring the gospel out to lost people and Norwegians are difficult because they all think they're Christians. They all think they go to heaven. Well, about 90% of them anyway. And if you ask them why do they think they're going to heaven, it's because they're a member of the state church, the Lutheran church. Well, I'm sorry, but a church membership doesn't get you anywhere. You don't become a Christian anymore by going to church than you become a car by going into the garage. Amen. So it takes a bit more than that. You have to make it something personal. You have to invite the Lord Jesus into your life. And then, and only then, you can know that you're going to heaven. You can look up in the Bible, you can see the verses, and you know that you have eternal life. Because the Bible says so. It says that you already have eternal life. It doesn't say that you might get it, but as soon as you believe in the Lord Jesus then you have already eternal life as a gift from the Lord. And that is just wonderful, the way that, can, the way that God has given the most precious thing that he has to us. Um, if you have any questions, please come and ask me later. I know that this wasn't a really big uh, presentation, 
because um, we're basically doing the same things that we did when I was here two years ago. Of course, two years ago I had pictures with me. Uh, I don't have that with me this year because so we're thinking more really about uh, Carol's brother right now, and uh, that wasn't the the main focus on my mind right now. But <clears throat> I'm really happy to be able to be here with you, and I'm always able, uh, always happy, should I say, to share the gospel and share uh, God's word with people. I would like to open today by going into Romans in chapter 12. Romans in chapter 12. That's a well-known passage of scripture. I'm sure that uh, many of you have read this several times. I know I have. It's kind of strange. I don't know if I told you this when I was here two years ago, but uh, churches are so different. You come into some churches, and I know from experience that most churches have a message go either 30 minutes or 45 minutes, depending on the church. Uh, so I have experience coming into a church and they say, you know, just preach as long as you want, you know, and uh, uh, you know that they're really in it uh, uh, because as soon as I, I say, uh, you know, we're going to start in Romans chapter 12, then suddenly you hear, you hear the turning of pages and you know that almost everybody is in there, you know, and they're ready for it. They want to see what the Word of God has to tell them today. And uh, one in particular church I came to was not uh, quite, quite as much as a Berean church. I came there and I said, uh, well, how long do you preach here? Do you normally have a 30-minute message or a 45-minute message? So the guy said, well, you can preach as long as you want, but if you preach any longer than half an hour, you'll be the only one here. <laughs> okay, well, i try not to go too long. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, go to Romans in chapter 12, and uh, we'll read just the first two verses there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much, Lord, that uh, you want to speak to us and share your word with us. You want us to listen to your words and speak to you and have this close relationship with you. Lord, uh, help us as we... We look at our Christian walk and how we can improve that, how we can get even closer to you, Lord, and how we can do even more for you. We praise you and we thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for us. We thank you for loving us so much that you gave the most precious thing you had, your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I have a strange topic today, and it depends now. I'm going to have to improvise a little bit because of the time. So I'm going to see how long, I don't know how long I'm going to take doing this. So I might have to uh, 
uh, what's the word? Uh, um, I have to improvise as I go along if, uh, if I don't have enough time to go through all my notes. Uh, this is uh, well known to you, brother, I can tell. You know, sometimes you've got notes that are this long and you only got time to preach that long. So you've got to work along the way. But I'm, I'm praying for the Lord's leadership and that he will keep clear in my mind what he wants me to say to you. And uh, uh, I'm really thinking about the mind of Christ today, the mind of Christ, because the, this uh, about the mind is something that uh, is interesting to me. And I can tell you now that the, the job that I'm going to do when I come back to Norway, the 16th of August, I start my new job and I'll be working at a mental hospital. Uh, okay. As my wife says, they might not let you out from there again once you come in there. Um, and she might be right about that. You know, I, I got my doubts myself. But, you know, the mind is a wonderful thing. Uh, we all have one. Sometimes we joke that I sometimes joke and say, I only got about two brain cells up there. But truth is that we got millions of them. Uh, the thing is, when they die, they can't be repla replaced. But... When you talk about the mind, there are some aspects to that. I will say there is a, a physical aspect to your mind. There is a psychological or psychiatric aspect to your mind. And there is a spiritual aspect to your mind. Because the, there are a lot of people in this world that are suffering. And sometimes it has just a, a, a physical reason. Sometimes... You have maybe been in a car accident and, yeah, well, some people have been in a, a car accident and they hurt the head. Uh, they have got a brain damage that does that. They have problems uh, with their minds. Also, there is illness, there's hormones, there's different substances that you have in your mind. Now, your mind, if you think about it, your mind is really like a big computer, okay? Well, the thing is, if you know, uh, if you have a laptop and you sit there and you drink a cup of coffee or Pepsi or whatever, if you knock that over your keyboard there, well, what happens to your precious computer? It doesn't work very well, does it? No. There are some things that need to work and there are some things that need to be away from there. And because the, the brain needs different fluids to be able to work, because it's basically an electric machine. You know they can, uh, and this is years ago, they could put uh, metal pins into the brain of a cat and by sending electricity, they could make the cat move its paws like that and it could walk around almost like a, like a robot. Um, so although there's many things, there are many things they don't know about the brain today, but there are many things they do know and they're getting to find out more and more. And it's amazing what they can do today with surgery if you have problems with your brain. But all this is important because the brain sends electric signals to other parts of the brain. And when I think a thought up here, then suddenly I raise my arm, you know, I move my foot. I do all these things, I make thoughts inside my head and I decide what to say to you, I decide what not to say to you because you might be offended if I say it, you know, and, and all these things. 
The brain is surely wonderful, but sometimes it doesn't work right because of physical reasons. There are also psychological or uh, psychiatric reasons, and these are often brought on because of uh, stress or grief. If you lose somebody that uh, you hold dear, that's a tremendous uh, stress on your brain, on your feelings, on, on you. And um, it can change you, it can do so that your mind doesn't function properly. It can make you sick. And um, uh, also, there's another aspect, uh, I said the phys physical and psychological, or psychiatric. There's also a spiritual aspect of the brain. Because, um, you know, there's, um, there is something going on in this world that we can't see. There's a spiritual reality around us. God exists, and his angels exist, and also you have what is called fallen angels, or demons. They also exist, and the devil exists. He's not a guy running around in funny underwear or anything like that. But uh, there are some spiritual things, and they also affect your brain. They actually, they are fighting to get into your brain. <clears throat> now, um, you all know probably that um, we are what we eat. Uh, Mike Warnicke said, said it like this. He said, if you eat a lot of fat and greasy food, you become a fat and greasy dude. And, you know, <laughs> if I point at somebody, then there's at least three fingers pointing back at me. So when I say that, I'm not talking down to any of you. I'm not talking to my, me myself. Although my dad, he said, point like that. <laughs> and there's no fingers pointing back at you. So maybe I should start pointing like that. But that's not natural for me. But you are what you eat. It's so true. If you eat a lot of healthy food, normally your body is more healthy. If you eat unhealthy food, then you get more illness and disease. This is how it works with the mind as well. You put food into your mind. Did you know that? Called it mind food, okay? Now, if you go to school, you are taught certain things, right? Uh, somebody go to nursing school, they learn how to become a nurse. They put nurse, stu nurse stuff in, nurse food, they become a nurse. Put in teaching stuff, uh, you become a teacher, you know? You put in... Um, Lots of numbers and you become a, a banker, you know. Uh, you put nothing in, you go into politics. <laughs> you know, whatever you put in, you know, that will affect you. It will make you that person that you're going to be. Um, and that's also true when it comes to the spiritual aspect. But of course, in the spiritual world, in the spiritual aspect, there's only two kinds of food. There is the good food that is good for you, and we can call that angel's food. Angel's food mix, cake mix. But they got devil's food cake mix as well, and that does taste good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. But you know, there is some devil food out there that we should not be eating. And this is our minds that we're talking about, because the devil attacks our mind, and the world attacks 
our mind. Because the, the devil is the, the god of this world. And uh, of course, uh, that's why both the, they do the same thing, you can say. Devil and the world. They attack your mind. And that's why I think it's interesting to see in uh, Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world. I mean, don't act like this world does, but be ye transformed, in other words, changed by the renewing of your mind, that ye might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to renew our minds. We need to be careful what goes into our minds and sometimes what goes out as well. Um, because the devil is out attacking us. The thing is that uh, the mind before you are saved, then it's full of worldly things. Amen? Before you got saved, you maybe you were just thinking about going around the pub. Maybe you were thinking about, you know, different sins, pet sins that you were doing. Um, but hopefully, after you got saved, you changed your mind you transformed the renewing you got transformed by the renewing of your mind because you started thinking about other things about clean things about godly things going to church instead of going to the pub you know spending time reading in the bible instead of uh, reading some kind of uh, rubbish literature you know uh, you know what they say uh, it's a crude saying but they say that uh, it's the dog you feed that's going to win the race. That means, Christians, that if you still put lots of ungodly things in your head, that's going to affect you. And the Lord won't be able to use you because you've got all these things in your head. We need to change our thinking and we need to replace, for instance, going to the pub with going to the church. So if you have an activity that you like to do before that's sinful, to be able to get rid of that, you need to find a substitute. You need to find something good to replace it. Or else it's going to be nagging or gnawing at you all the time. And you want to go back to doing that thing that you did, unless you can find something else to do instead. You take something, whatever it is, out of your life, it's going to create a hole. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus can fill it. Amen? He can. He is very good at filling holes. Nobody can fill a hole better than the Lord. But because we are still human, we take something out. We've got to put something in. And that's why it's very important what we put in our minds. Um, of course, what we're doing is we're fighting a spiritual fight. And of course, in... Ephesians chapter 6, that's uh, possibly a, a passage of scripture that you're very familiar with uh, when it talks about the armor of God. This is talking about spiritual warfare here. It starts in verse 10 and finishes in verse 18. It says, Pray, let me see. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the vials, the wiles, sorry, or the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may, you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the sword, uh, sorry, the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all per, uh, perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want you to direct your attention to verse number 17. Take the helmet of salvation. Now I ask you, what part of the body does a helmet protect? The head. Protects your brain. We need protection for our brains because we're being bombarded every day with signals from the evil one, with the fiery darts, as it says here. He attacks us and he tries to get into our brain. We need to have a helmet to keep this out. That's very important. You cannot function as a soldier of the Lord if you don't protect your head, if you don't protect your brain. You need to protect your mind. It is vital for survival. They hurt you in the head, they don't have to do anything else because you can't go on fighting. <clears throat> so that's very important. Uh, we need to protect our minds. Now, the world has many things that they try to get us to do. Now, we know that in these days, uh, material possessions are very important for us. Uh, uh, some more than others, and we can always find some kind of an idol that we like. Some polish that car, you know, they, they get out there, you know, and uh, oh, baby, baby, you know, we gotta, gotta polish you and get you nice and clean and sparkly. And, uh, and other people, uh, they have some hobby and they just, uh, you know, oh, I can't go to church today. I, I got so much to do. I, I wanna, I wanna do this hobby thing that I've got. And, Basically, whatever comes before the Lord is an idol. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's some of the things that money can buy. But God is a jealous God. He wants to be first in our lives. And uh, it's important to know that this world uh, is trying to get us to fall into sin. We have so much around us. We got all these material things we can collect and gather and it can have different effects on our lives. And we got all kinds of different religions around us, you know, people believing this and that and everything. And it's, uh, for somebody it can be really uh, hard to decide, you know, who's right? Who's saying that the Hindu is not right? Who's saying that the Muslim is not right? Well, I can tell you one thing, because everybody says that they feel that what they believe is right. A Mormon will say what he feels is right. He knows it's right because he feels it. That's no argument. We can't use that. 
The argument we got to show that Christianity is the true religion, or actually it's not a religion. <laughs> religion is when we work to get to God. But in Christianity, God comes down to us and lifts us up. And that's totally different from religion. So really, Christianity isn't a religion at all, if you look at it that way. But what proves that Christianity is right, if you look at the other religions, that's because of this book, because of the prophecies, because of the scientific things that it says in here. It's historical accuracy and everything that's in there. Imagine all those prophecies that's come, come to be fulfilled letter by letter. It's amazing. No other religion, I tell you, has a book like this. And that's why we know that we believe in the right God. <clears throat> if we look at First um, John and chapter 2, real quick, I just want to read um, uh, three verses for you there. First uh, John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Of course, we know that uh, John was writing to people that had problems with uh, false teaching. It says there in, uh, from verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I don't know if you have the habit of writing your Bibles. I do that uh, when I study. Um, not in all my Bibles, because I got, I don't know, I've got about, about, probably got about 30, 40 of them. You know, can't possibly write in all of them. Be, <laughs> I'll be worn out. But uh, for those that are used for study, I do write in them. And if you like to, to write in your Bibles, here is uh, in verse number 16, it's a perfect opportunity to sum up the three different kinds of sin. If you sin or somebody sins, there are three things that they, the three categories they sin in are all mentioned here in verse 16. So what I have done is, when it, in verse number 16 says, for all that is in the, in the world, then I put a small number one, and I underlined the lust of the flesh. This, and then I got to, in my margin, I got a number one saying, pleasure seeking. You know, we, we want to please ourselves. We want to be happy. We want to feel that things are pleasant. We, we, and uh, sometimes the lust of the flesh is, uh, you know, we go in OTT. You know, it's all about pleasing ourselves. It's not about pleasing God, really. It's, uh, it's what we want for ourselves. So that's the number one is pleasure-seeking. Number one, the lust of the flesh. Then it says, and I underlined, the lust of the eyes, and I put number two, over there, and in my margin, I got uh, pleasure, uh, sorry, possession seeking. So, first it was pleasure seeking, and then it's possession seeking, because 
We all like to get more. It's like Garfield says, it's not the having, it's the getting. You know, he goes out and he, he catches that mouse. And then when he gets the mouse, what does he do? He puts his paw down on it, you know, and that mouse is eh, trying to get away. <laughs> and he, he's quite bored, really, with this mouse. He's already got it. He doesn't need it anymore. It's not all the stuff he's got. It's getting more. And that's how we are today. We want to get more and more and more. Possession seeking. And the third one is the pride of life. I've got a number three in that underlined, the pride of life. And that is position seeking. You've got pleasure seeking, uh, possession seeking, and position, position seeking. And that has to do with pride. Okay? And that is a big problem that uh, many have. It is amazing that uh, you see so many on telly in, in the States, you know, you see all these uh, TV evangelists and say, send your money to me, you know. But uh, I know that those that are truly, honestly, in the gospel, working, bringing out the gospel for God, uh, they're not very rich. Uh, I think the reason is that they like to share. They want people to have it, have it you know, if you're not comfortable, at least, you know, to be better off. And, uh, I mean, some of the, I, I don't think, uh, Brother Curtis, you would say you're, you're very rich, are you? <laughs> we are rich, but that's because we have a home in heaven. That's why. We are rich on many things, because we have many things in our lives. We've got Jesus with us all the time. But... Somebody that's earnestly uh, seeking God and his, um, his way in their life, they don't have much money. If they have money, they tend to give it away. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But those are the kinds of sin that um, you can sum up uh, any sin into one of those three uh, categories. But I, I did mention the, the mind of Christ. I've been talking about the mind. I'm talking about how the devil is trying to get into our mind and get us to seek pleasure and possession and position and all these things. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever wanted to give somebody a, a piece of your mind? That's a, a, <clears throat> a term that we use quite often, isn't it? Oh, I'd like to give him a piece of my mind. Somebody cuts you off on the motorway and you say, I like to give him a piece of my mind. And uh, somebody treats you uh, wrongly. You say, oh, I should give them the, the piece of my mind. But some of the time we know that um, that's not a wise thing to do, okay? Because <laughs> you might make yourself some enemies. <clears throat> um, and it, it might cause problems there. Uh, but... Well, Always think about giving people a piece of our mind. Imagine if we were able to give somebody a piece of God's mind. You know, we should have the mind of Christ. We should have, uh, be thinking about spiritual things, what God would like us to do, what God would like us to think. And uh, we should have an attitude that's lined up with, uh, with God's desires. 
Now, this, does this sound unreal or overly pious? Uh, well, you know, I don't think so. Yeah. I think this could be a, a way of uh, being wiser and, and even closer to God. We need to have the mind of Christ because we can't really trust our own mind. We have to be different from the world. You know, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be different. If you go to um, out in the world, you see like a computer company saying that uh, we are thinking differently. Yeah. Uh, maybe a restaurant chain says that uh, come to us and experience the difference. You know, it's something exquisite, something even better. You know, a construction firm might say that uh, they're ahead of the other construction firms because they use a different perspective. You know, it's all positive, isn't it? Um, they actually have a, a, something on the internet called the, the Different Dictionary. And it's talking about... Um, the things that are different. So uh, different is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, when you're young, you want to fit in. You want to be the same as everybody else. But you know, sometimes that's the problem with us Christians. We fit in with everybody else. They don't see that there's anything different with us. And then, of course, as we, we look at our lives, we say, well, am I different, you know, uh, am I really acting like Jesus did? What did they do to, Je what did they do to Jesus? They nailed him on a cross. If we are popular, well, I'm not talking about in church, but in the world, if we are popular, then we're doing something wrong. <clears throat> uh, Peter called us a peculiar people, people in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Now, this doesn't mean peculiar people. It doesn't mean strange, but it means having the qualities that mark us as God's own special people. And we should be living a life that is like God would like us to do. <clears throat> uh, actually, it's uh, quite similar. It's the similar phrase used in, Deuter used in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, when it says, for thou, God is talking about the Jews now. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Thou art a holy people. Holy means set apart for a purpose. And they are a special people. They're a peculiar people. Well, if we do the same as everybody else in the world, how come that? How is that set apart? How is that being peculiar? It's not, is it? It's not being different at all. But we should, we should be different. The quality of the Jews' lives were meant to show the surrounding countries the difference God could make in those that were willing to trust Him. And it's the same with Christians today, you know. Uh, we're meant to show the surrounding 
people uh, how it is to be a Christian. You know, how God is, what God is. And we should actually desire to be different in a way. You think about the hippies back in the 60s. They desired to be different, didn't they? Uh, and, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of uh, things that could be said about the, the hippies, but uh, not everything was bad. You know, they, they had some good things. Uh, they, I mean, they had slogans like love, peace, back to nature, and flower power. And they're not really bad slogans as such. But, you know, they... Uh, thing is, when they came with the, their music and the drugs and their sexual behavior and rejection of authority, uh, that is more something that we have a problem with. Um, but they were definitely different. Um, sometimes people like to be different. Now, I, I think that we should be different, but, of course, not like the hippies were. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> Far from it. But we should live a life so that people could see that we are Christians. What's the point of being a Christian if people can't see it? So uh, in the um, church at Philippi, uh, you had a church that was struggling with conflict that uh, Paul wrote about. Still, it's so strange that uh, Paul keeps talking about the joy there, isn't it? He's talking about joy that... He knew many in the church that were unhappy, but, you know, they should, they should have joy. Uh, and sometimes the problems we have is like, uh, it's like selfish ambition, it's conceit, and uh, we could make a, a, a long list. But a church needs to be different than the world. We should have unity with others. And we should have respect for one another. We should have concern for one another. And this is all taken out of the first two chapters in, in Philippians, but uh, I'm not going to go in and, and read all that. But uh, I do want to turn up to Philippians chapter 2 anyway, just to read some of that for you. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. And it's very interesting if we start with verse number 5, because I've been talking about the mind, okay? If you see what it says in verse number 5 in chapter 2 of Philippians, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And continuing there. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So, of course, what I'm looking at here is, of course, the 
The phrase here in, in verse number five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because sometimes we think, oh, we should be like the Pope. <laughs> you know, we, we should be the president. We should be the one at the top. Um, Jesus came down, and what did he say? He came down to serve. This is the creator of the entire universe, people. He comes down and he says to, says to Simon Peter, he says, let me wash your feet. And Simon Peter says, no, no, no way. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus was a servant. Jesus had the mind of a servant. He had that special love and care for people. So we should have the mind of Christ. Just try to think, you know, what was the mind of Christ like? He was a humble person, but he still said what was right. He, uh, he chewed out those Pharisees and <laughs> a few times, didn't he? <laughs> Whoa, unto ye Pharisees and, yeah, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He let them have it, but still... Dealing with people, he was soft, and he showed us how to love people and how to be a servant for other people. And we also know that it says in the Bible that uh, whoever is the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. <clears throat> but uh, we should have an unselfish attitude. We should have a sacrificial attitude. We should have a servant attitude, I said something about that. A humble attitude, an obedient attitude, and a patient attitude. All these things did Jesus have. So as we talk about the mind, it's not just protecting our mind, but also what do we want in our mind? I mean, I, I, I was discussing so many times, well... My parents called it arguing because we were sitting in the kitchen to like early morning hours and she was fierce. I mean, she was trying to get me and she said, if I wrote the Bible, I wouldn't have written it like that. I would have written, you know, therefore go ye out and build hospitals and schools and, you know, give food to the hungry. Yeah, I said, but that's not what it says. It says go ye out and... And make, and make disciples, you know, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And said, yeah, but it's not what it's true to say, you know. And, and she would argue, uh, uh, she would say, discussing. And sometimes when I said, well, the Bible says so and so, and then she said, well, you've been brainwashed. Those Americans, they really did a number on you. Because we had some American missionaries there that led me to the Lord. You've been brainwashed. Well, you know what? I have been brainwashed. Let me tell you something else. Everybody that lives in this age has been brainwashed in one way or another. It's just that I'm choosing who I want to brainwash me. What is brainwashing? You tell somebody something so many times that they believe it is true. You tell a kid, 
You're stupid. You tell that kid that every time you see him. In the end, he'll go, okay, I suppose I am stupid. Because they tell me that all the time. I don't have to be stupid then. They can't all be wrong, you know. Well, you know, I, I always notice things like when we sing Christian songs that there's repetition in the songs, but I love it. It's a great way of learning scripture verses. It's a great way of learning biblical truths. But it's because I have chosen that I want to be brainwashed like that. What's scary is that all our kids going to school are being brainwashed from the school, from the uh, from television, uh, from magazines and everything to believe that this planet uh, just came into being by, inst uh, by accident. God made this world. It says so in his word. And I know that's a different topic, but because I'm talking about the mind today, okay? I'm going to finish now. I see that uh, I'm a little bit over time there. But you are grown-ups here today. Choose what you want to be brainwashed with. I believed in evolution when I was younger because that's what they told me at school. That's what they said on the telly. Sir Richard Attenborough, you know, he came and said, for millions and millions of years. And you know what the ICR says to that? Were you there? No, of course they weren't. No, um, no scientist was there, you know, with a camera filming, you know, when the world was, was created. There was an eyewitness, though, three actually, and they wrote this book. And if we read in here, we can see the truth about it. Speaking of the mind, protect your minds. Choose what goes into your head. Choose what you want to believe in. And choose how you want to be brainwashed. Because you'll be brainwashed one way or another, so you might as well pick it yourself. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us such a great mind that works and can do so many things. And although we don't use but a small percentage of our brain, we know that uh, the mind is a mighty and uh, <clears throat> wonderful thing that can make us do and say and think many things. And Lord, we just pray that we will choose to let our minds be used by you. Lord, take control of our minds. Lord, you brainwash us. We don't mind if you brainwash us. We want to be able to learn scripture verses. We want to be able to learn these good songs that uh, tell truths about you. But Lord, help us to realize out in the world that we should not be brainwashed by scientists that cannot prove anything. And Lord, you protect our minds. Help us that the devil don't get a hold of us. There are many sins. We seek pleasure, we seek possession, we seek position. And Lord, that's not how it should be. Let us be humble. Let us go and sit at the bottom of the table and then the master of the house might call us and say, come up, friend, and sit higher up. 
Let us be humble. Let us love people. Let us have a right attitude. Help us, Lord, to have the mind of Christ. Be humble, be patient, and all these things that we looked at. Help us, Lord, to be clean. It's like I say when I've been brainwashed, I say I got the cleanest mind in the house. Well, that was earlier. But Lord, wash us clean, Lord. Wash our brains clean from the filth and sin of the world. And help us, Lord, to put new clean things in our minds. That way, we can be closer to you and do more for your precious name. We thank you for being able to be here today, sing songs that praise your name, and to read in your holy book. We praise, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.